And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, yeah, we are back. The Weighing In Podcast is here to talk about all of the upcoming fights that are coming. We've got the UFC with a big, I hate to say pay-per-view because that means i got to put more money out. But big pay-per-view. We've got Bellator coming to you from Paris and from London. We have the PFL and the return of the richest woman in fighting <laughs> MMA, Kayla Harrison. God bless her. I love that. Oh. Josh, my man, what is happening, dude? Holy shit, Kayla Harrison is rich. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> Damn. Way to do it. She's uh, like, show you go, me girl. the money. Show <laughs> me the money. This girl, man, she is a stud. I texted her the other day and said, hey, I want to wish you the best of luck. And uh, Did the same. You know, take care of your business, man. Uh, the girl she's fighting, she uh, she fought in the U.S. Go ahead and say uh, that Bellator. name. Go ahead. She, yeah, I, I, know, I know, and you can never say her I name. can't. Mojina. <laughs> Marina. Mar yeah, I can say, I just call I can him say Marina. Marina. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you going to Paris? You I better say. practice that accent. What is that? I said, you're going to Paris. You better practice Paris? your pronunciation. Paris? She's not from Paris, is she? No, no she's just, from Russia. You got, I know, but just yeah. practice, you practice like your eloquence and your words over there. Because you're, have you not heard that language? It's beautiful. 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 I like that. Unlike, unlike Scottish language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike your uh, uh, impression you know of it. You know what's funny is when uh, I give Dave a hard time and people in the comments get so mad at me. <laughs> so mad at me. They're like, you guys, you guys better not fucking piss him off. He's going to end up leaving. I'm like, I live in Silicon Valley. You know how many fucking the podcast Daves? They're plentiful around here. I replace his ass so fast. So fast. No, I love Dave. You guys, you guys <laughs> yes, have to understand. Dave and I are like, and just like with John and I, we're like buddies, man. Like, I was gonna say locker room talk, but it's I don't want to <laughs> get it screwed with other locker room talk that we've heard in the past. But no, it's we like to dig at each other. That's what makes this whole thing fun. If we didn't dig at each other, this shit would be boring. It'd be boring exactly. as hell. I have too much fun with people. These have two. no idea how much you have backed up, podcast Dave. Yeah, oh. people. No, they I like don't the understand. Guy. You're a loyal man there, Josh Thompson. I like that about <laughs> you, baby. But we do have to come up with, we, off camera, we have been talking about the eight-minute mile, and there has got to be a bet. There has got to be a bet. Because Josh is talking about when I was in high school, I ran a four minute and fifty second mile. Right? That's Josh really is jealous because he could never run a mile, dude. <laughs> first off, Josh let me let me tell you shit. here. Let me let me make this as clear as I can for you. If you fucking have to run a mile in four four fifty, you you park your fucking car too far from the problem. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, spoken like a true cop. That's true. Thank you very spoken much. Like okay. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. We have got to have a weighing in competition of Dave has to run a has to run what do you want to say, Dave? One, well, two, three, the four, problem five. Is that Josh Josh is saying I run a mile in four minutes. What Josh doesn't realize is that I'm running five miles in eight okay, minutes. Okay, okay, stop. Average so, pace. so hold on. I'm you don't have to run five miles. You're gonna run one mile. How okay. fast can you run one mile in? I'll do Come on. one I'll do one mile in six minutes. Six minutes. Okay. Oh. You, 
There's you think no he can do it? Can, no. Okay, he's saying no way. All right, so you're saying no there way. No so, way. So, Dave, your goal is to run the one mile in six minutes. Josh, There's no way. How fast can you run one mile? I would probably say like around six thirty right now. Ooh, six thirty. So you got you yeah. get more time than Dave. Dave, are yeah, you up for that challenge? I'm I'm a I'm a realist. You're, you're being a realist. <laughs> I'm a realist. Okay, hold on. So hold on. Six, let, let, yeah, let's, let's make no, Let's make there. this even. Both of you, your goal is six minutes. I have a question. You're, you're, no, 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 no. Your goal I, no, is I have six a question. minutes. Stop have real quick. Question. Don't even bring me into this running bullshit. Okay. <laughs> we know we're not. <laughs> so your goal for both of you is six minutes. The person that gets closest to the time wins. Okay, and I, have a, I, have a question. And I just want to be clear: Are we both, are we both physically running a mile in six minutes, or is Josh running his mouth for six minutes, and I'm actually running a mile? Ah, very <laughs> nice, very there nice, is. well played. Well, well played. I, if it, if he was running his mouth, he could do it in four minutes and fifty oh, seconds. Oh, for sure, <laughs> maybe even faster than that, for sure. I have a question: Are we not making any adjustments for fucking how old I am compared to this young thirty-one-year-old? No, no, because you, you're you're much. You're, you're a oh, pro I'm athlete. Much, I'm much what? I'm much you're, what? You're a much you better imagine? athlete. Can you imagine? I'm being imagine? good here. You're a oh much better gosh. athlete. At, oh, you, wow, at one wow. time, at one time you ran a four have minute you, and 50 second Have you not mile? talked to Dave? I mean, he's like a w, future WWE star. Like He's a full on <laughs> true athlete. Well, I'm trying... <sighs> I'm trying to figure this out. Like he played soccer before. What do you he want? Can run. You want thirty seconds? Oh, Ooh. baby boy. 30, Are you going to give the thirty seconds, seconds Dave? <laughs> so I can do it in seven minutes. Then I said six no, thirty. Yes, no, I said that's the. I said that was no, the pace. No, because we, we brought it to a six minute mark. Oh look, he can have six thirty if he wants. I say we do this. This is what I say. I say whoever can run the the five miles the fastest. Ah, Fine. that Fine. was the original conversation. Whoever can run the five mile the fastest. Dude, I, I, see, I just put you. I, why would you want to run an extra four miles? I don't want to run an extra four miles oh, because <laughs> it's it's easy work, buddy. Easy work. Uh, easy I, I mean, work. I'll, I'll shave because off I know it. I know when it comes down to hey, if you got to push a little bit harder than me, that shit ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's what so, I know. So what's going to be your pace? What's going to be your pace on five? Doesn't minutes? matter what my pace is. It's going to be faster than yours. Well. It, <laughs> Okay, so is it just At a almost matter of forty-five years old? At almost forty-five years old, I'm rounding up. By the way, I'm, I'm okay? wondering. I, I'm wondering. It will be faster than yours. And, I'm wondering. And you're, you're fourteen years younger than me. Some I'm wondering like which uh, which friend at your gym you're gonna get to run the five miles for you. I don't need a friend. I still ask John. I mean, I still run. I still do that. I'm active. <clears throat> my my wrist is hurt right now, not my fucking legs. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's go, son. All right, let's do it. Dave, what pace. are we doing? Yeah, okay, remember, we try to get we, five, at five miles. Fastest then. pace of five miles, yeah. All right, fastest All right, well, pace for five miles. Now, how are you well, going to – See, this is the thing. Like, when are you going to run it, though? I have, to, I have to buy one of those things, one of those like Fitbits or something. I don't know what it is that tracks your miles, No, right? just uh, I'll send you an app that I use, and we'll, we'll – okay. In fact, I'll send you phone. the app. We can add each other's friends on the app, and it will show us in real time the the running thing, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll know exactly when we ran it. And Does it um, show you heart rate? Uh, because know. if it doesn't, remember. if it doesn't show you heart rate, I will join this and I'll just get on a fucking motorcycle and just go really slow. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! Uh, what a guy! And uh, I'll have my neighbor, I'll have my neighbor film it as well, just that way I've got some video evidence and then 
but but when it is reassessment, you get film back. what like one block. He's not going to follow you for five miles. <laughs> He's got a golf fuck? cart. He's got a golf cart. You, oh, you can follow me around. Uh, so what are you going to do? Are you going to do it in Paris? Or are you going to do it when you get back? No, no I got to do it when I get back. I'm not going to do it when I'm traveling. Oh, I'll like, tell you I mean, what. See, I'll join the competition. That's... I'll do the one wheel for the five miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. He won't hey, make it back alive. All right, more you have no idea how difficult that is on your legs. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't doubt it. Kane used oh, to have dude. one. He had one of the first it, ones. Kane Velasquez. Dude, it will fuck up your lower legs. And uh, how bad it is on your face when you hit a rock and go that, flying that's off bad too. It's not a rock. It can't, rock, can't rock be any worse than too. fucking a tree in your ribs. But whatever. Yeah, all right. Well, what? be an adventurer. We will uh, we will circle right. back on this when you guys get back from traveling. But you guys all have right. a long schedule. Yeah, I want to make sure I got some time so. to like get back and get all the fuck in. I'm yeah, gonna I'm make I'm gonna make me. Josh run in Paris. He's gonna be running circles around the Eiffel Tower. Oh, easy, uh, easy work. So we have UFC 274 coming up this weekend. We're gonna start there, and uh, because we are gonna do weighing in and the odds on that same show. So just to break it up a little bit, we're gonna start with the UFC, talk about the Friday night fights, and then we'll come back to weighing in and the odds. Let's okay. Let's go. Take it oh, away, guys. Let's go. Let's Detroit go. Boxing. Detroit, Detroit Boxing. Detroit Boxing. You gave me this shirt. Yeah, they sent us Thank over some much. shirts, man. I want to give them a shout-out to Detroit Boxing, man. All right, let's go. All right, we talked a little bit about Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Tell me your your way for Charles Oliveira to win. Oh, I like this. John's mixing it up today, buddy. Like a, baby. I like that. I like that a little go, bit. man. Got to change it up. This podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Did you hear me? MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. Tell them that John and I sent you, or actually just click in the promo code Wayne in. They'll know that we sent you there. They'll give you a little extra spending cash on your first initial deposit at MyBookie.ag. When you guys let them know that you sent us by typing in that promo code Wayne in. Look, we got some things that we're going to talk about later on in this show, so make sure you guys tune in. We got Justin Gaethje versus Charles Oliveira. Carla Esparza versus Rose Namajunas. We're going to do a weigh-in on the odds later on in this show, and hopefully you guys can make a little extra spending cash. Use that QR code right there, the one off to that side right there. And when you click that, use our promo code Wayne in and mybookie.ag for your first initial deposit. They'll give you some extra spending cash. And hey, hopefully we can make you guys some money. Um, look, my way is to my way is for him to not shoot takedowns. My way is for him to do what he did to Tony Ferguson. He punched his way into the clinch, got to the body locks, big lifts, big slams, was able to get to the back, was able to work his way from takedowns from there. That's the way he's got to be. That's I think in the clinch, he is the better fighter. Not, I mean, just from the knees, the elbows, all of those things together. Justin Gaethje has a tendency to kind of like hang on the head with his body away for the knees to come up the middle. We saw that. I think it was with Dustin Poirier. No, it was with Eddie Alvarez. The knees up the middle were key. The uppercuts were key. I think in those positions, Charles Oliveira is the better fighter in the clinch. Now, in terms of if they get into the clinch, the grappling aspect of it all. Charles Oliveira, all he's got to do is shrug the arm by. Now, easier said than done, everyone. We understand Hello. that. I understand that. Okay, but let's just be honest. Justin Gaethje throws big heat. He has dialed it down since making his second run to the title. Since that first when he first came in against Michael Johnson, Eddie Alvarez, those guys. He used to just be the guy that was the World Series of Fighting champion, you know, that came forward, big punches, did crazy stuff. I think he understands what's at stake now with Ali managing all these champions and him not getting a piece of that pie. He knows how much money that there is to make. 
that there is to make in this process. So why keep fighting stupid? Okay, even though it's entertaining, are you not entertained? Yes, we are very entertained. But look, he's a stud. We've always said he's a stud. He's fight, he fights recklessly and careless. But I think Charles can take advantage of that if he does go back to that a little bit. If he has to dig deep and start just biting down on the mouthpiece and throwing, Charles will be able to get, make it easier for himself to get to the hips, shrug the arm by, get to the back, get to the jump to the back or get to the back or get a takedown from that position. Charles is a tall guy, so he the, the lifts and the slams will be there. If he can get to the side control or like from the back against the fence, any of that stuff, all he's got to do is lift and take him down. If he lifts and takes him down, you got to remember, and I know us a long time ago, remember uh, Luis Firmino, uh, Buscape? Yeah, he Buscape. was able to take him down. Multiple times. Look, he's got good wrestling, but I said it with Khabib, and I'm going to say Ch it again. It changes when you're throwing. It changes when you're throwing. It also changes as you start to get a little bit tired. You, he also is very comfortable with giving up certain positions. Okay, you can get to my side. He's got people have gotten to his back before and standing. They just don't have the the grappling that that Charles has. And Charles gets on your back. He is a stud. He's a finisher. He's someone that will transition from one to the next. Yeah, he doesn't just back. go for the neck. Yeah, he doesn't just go for the neck. He'll go back. He'll go arm. He'll go maybe even knee bar if you stand up. He'll do all different types of stuff. And he'll sometimes, majority of the time, end up on top. That's how Charles Oliveira is going to have to get this thing done. Standing in that danger zone, though, is how not to get it done against mm, Justin Gaethje. And that's that's what the I, only concern. If you're going to talk about what's Justin Gaethje's route to victory here, distance control. Distance control is everything for Justin Gaethje in this because I do agree with you. The clinch can be a problem for him because it takes one slip, one little mistake, and now you've got a guy that is a freaking python on your back and you're fighting for your life. You're defending, defending, and it just becomes this bad, you know, evil spiral that keeps on coming at you. So distance control for Justin Gaethje. Make Charles Oliveira pay in that at least boxing zone. He can box with him, no problem. His kicks are very quick. They're short. He can th still throw his kicks to the legs inside. He can upset his balance. And if there's one thing that Charles does, Charles brings his hands up very high for his defense in a lot of it, but he can be split down the middle. And Justin Gaethje's got a beautiful right uppercut, left hook that he throws. And when he throws that, it's got bad intentions on it, and Charles has a tendency when he sees something to start dipping his head down. That uppercut will raise his head up, and that hook will put him to sleep. So what I see for Justin Gaethje is, first off, don't go and try to knock his head off. What you want to do is I want you to just start putting dents in him. Just keep on touching him. Make him start to slow down his ability to defend Keep that distance control. Don't come into the clinch situations. Obviously, stay away from putting your back against the cage. If you put your back against the cage, it's going to be bad. Try to put him on his back foot, which is not going to be easy now because Charles Oliveira is very good at at least holding his ground. He will try to come forward, but he will at least hold his ground. So let him hold his ground. You hold your ground and keep that distance control and just start piecing him up in this fight, and you will become the champion. 
He's got to. I think Justin's got to minimize how much, how many kicks he throws because they can be caught pretty easily. The other thing as well that Charles does uh, well is he lifts his leg a lot in that lead yes, leg he does. to avoid the calf kick and also to avoid the leg kicks because he understands if he gets pushed over or knocked down or he loses his balance, come on down, buddy. Yeah. I'm here waiting for you, and yeah. that's going to be like that's obviously not going to happen. Like if he loses his balance unless, or if he throws, not head unless kicks, Justin loses his mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it's true. Like I don't understand. I don't not not that I don't understand. I don't see a world where Justin should be throwing the leg kicks a whole lot, especially early in the fight. As the fight goes on and the timing starts to lose, like timing starts to go away, I think maybe you start to avoid like you start to throw the leg kicks a little bit more. And then in terms of the body punching, I think he might have some opportunities there. He just got to make sure he doesn't hang his head too much to get put into that front headlock or he doesn't dip so much to where it's easy for him to kind of like shuck him down and try to try to get to that front headlock, of course. Because anytime you dig to the body, your head drops, you know, about waist level or maybe like mid-chest level. It makes it easier for them to get to that front headlock. Now, I do agree with you 100% that the, the way that Justin wins this fight is by distance control. He's got to make sure he keeps his back off the fence. He's got to make sure that he's not fighting him in a phone booth. He's got to make sure that he's staying long with his striking, and he's kind of pushing him around. So even though he's pushing him around, he's not closing that distance. Yeah, He can't afford for Charles to be taking the center of the cage and waiting for him to come to him. And then as he comes in, he's going to have to overcommit to land the striking and easier for Charles to get in on the body lock, easy for Charles if Charles does shoot, you know, for him to get in on a double leg. Any of those things can happen. It really comes down to Charles is so good on the ground, John, that not a lot of people understand how to deal with him. Because you have to remember, it takes away some of the kicks. It takes away some of the the way you the way you you fight in terms of in the clinch. Like Justin, uh, Justin's real good at grabbing the hit, head and clinching it and uppercuts and knees and all of those things. He's a dog in those areas. Yep. Well, he, he's got to be cautious doing that against Charles because Charles in the grappling, he could just jump guard. And we've se- I've seen him do it before. He's just jumped to guard. And if he pulls him down, there's all sorts of weapons that he has from that bottom position. Justin's got good ha- heavy hands. He's got some good ground and pound. But let's be honest. If I'm going to take Justin's ground and pound or Charles Oliveira's grappling, I'm going to take his grappling. I'm going to take yeah. Charles Oliveira's grappling. I mean, you have to, and you're exactly right. He does need to be careful of where he puts his head. But I do believe that in this, when you talk about Justin is very good at forcing his opponent in the direction that he wants them to go. Yep. You saw that, and this is where Michael Chandler had problems, and you look and you go, it's because he was not in control. He was the guy, yeah, he's coming forward at times, and you would see Justin step off and off-center Mike, and he would force Mike to come back to that center, and as soon as Mike came, boom, here it came because he's forcing him in the direction he wants him to go. He's really good at that, and so Charles needs to be careful of those situations because he can get caught you know, coming into a heavy shot. It's a great matchup, and both guys can win, and that's why you love this kind of fight. And, you know, obviously the ground belongs to Oliveira. If you're going to say who's got the advantage in the stand-up, it has to be Gaethje. Although Oliveira's stand-up is good. You know, he's technically very good, but you got to give it to Gaethje. He's just the, the dog in this. He will take shots to give shots, and Charles has to avoid that situation. Charles has, has come a long ways in that he's a different fighter now. He will take shots, but he can only take so many, and he's been put down multiple. He got put down by Chandler. He got put down by Poirier. Now he came back. Can't say anything, you know, tough as hell, but 
He did get put down, and you can only take so many of those before it's the one that's going to put you down that you can't recover from. So, great matchup. I love this no, one. No, I think I think if he fights, if he fights, if Charles fights Justin the way he fought Dustin and the way he fought Chandler, there's a good chance he loses. Yeah. Because he, he I got the vibe, I got the feeling after watching both those. He thought he could stand a little bit to let them know, hey, this is who I am, which led to him getting dropped in both occasions. And then it was the grappling, and then there was the the, the he started utilizing after that that really that really changed the dynamic of the fight. Well, you know, I think then, Charles the, end, got, the end of the round in round yeah. <laughs> round one changed the concept of the fight for the Chandler fight, and then he he got the beautiful left hook that you know yeah. put Chandler on his butt. But yeah, I mean, you take a look and you can only take so much. Yeah, it's tough. That's true. I mean, that's true. Justin's been taking it for a while, though. John, he's been dropped. Yeah. He's, been no he's been knocked out. But the one thing that I think this is the biggest thing that I think will be a, a big difference is if you, like you just said, you brought up the Chandler situation. He fought a very, very smart fight in that fight. Yeah, extremely smart. Um, he needs to fight like that again. Yeah, and if he I doesn't agree. fight smart, then there's there's a chance he can lose. Now. The fact that is, the simple fact of the matter is, I really believe that he's been training with Usman. He's been training with these other guys, Rose Namajunas, and uh, sorry, she's a female, but these these other fighters, and he understands like there's all these champs in that in in his gym, and he's he's been chomping at the bit right there, just you know, right there the whole time. He's been one fight away, one fight away. I think he's understanding what's at stake. I think oh, yeah. he's really learning and talking with them, and he, I think he understands how their life has changed after being champion. It's one thing to be entertaining, like Chandler is. Oh, are you like you walked out of the fight with him? Is like, are you guys not entertained? That's not the point. That's not that's not the point, dummy. You know, the point is is to really it, it really is is to become the champion and to to make a ton of money. When I heard a story from Dana White. It was like last week. He said, "Look, most fighters say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want this. I want a little extra cash. I want, I want, I want two VIP rooms. I want five, six, eight, ten tickets. I want two first class tickets to fly me." Justin turned to him and said, "Hey, because it was during COVID when he fought Khabib. He's like, I want my parents to be there." Yeah, well, that that was also he also you know think about it. like he won the title. He fought for the interim title against Tony yeah. Ferguson, and he won it, but he put it on the ground, saying that's not the real one. Yeah, and you got you got to admire him for everything. You know, his his mentality is fantastic. Yep, you can't say anything bad about Justin Gaethje and his mentality. Sometimes his mentality pushes him too far. I'm just gonna say it because you know if you ask Justin, Justin, you ever been hurt in a fight? Hell no. <laughs> He'll tell you that. You know, and, it's like, and you go. Yeah, the first time when I, you know, I refed him against Michael Johnson, you know, and he got hurt twice. Oh yeah, bad. That was a great fight, by the way. Right? Oh my God, it was incredible. And, and you know, I, I, you know, afterwards I said, "Hey man, beautiful fight." I said, "Way to way to come back from being hurt." He goes, "I was never hurt, John." <laughs> I go, "You need to watch the video." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, he's awesome. I do, I think that, I like I said, I think that he is understanding what is at stake. You know, you want. You sure you want your family there to fight when you fought Khabib? That's amazing. But guess what? This is the next step into providing for your family. Yeah. Not just being the champion, not just being the interim champion, not just fighting for the title. It's about winning and setting them up for life and or at least have an opportunity to help them out whatever they need later on in life. And he's that kind of he's that kind of kid. Yep. And so either way, 
it this fight's gonna be fucking a, a barn burner, man. Oh. I don't I don't see I don't see how it can't be. The way Justin fights and the way oh. Charles has been lately, the two of them, it's gonna be if can if can Justin keep the distance, like you said, can he keep that range and keep him at the end of his punches? And can Charles close that distance, fight him in a phone booth in the clinch and threaten the submissions? Can he do that? And can he get the finish? It's yeah. gonna be a fucking great fight. Yep. Great fight. Speaking of great fights, but let's talk about running it back. You got it Rose Namajunas and Carlos Carlos Barza, both different fighters. The, yeah. from the from the first fight, let's let's just be honest; they are completely different. And people are going to go, "No, Rose hasn't changed." Yes, she has. She is a completely different fighter, and it's based upon Rose. Used to she had good stand up, and she had a quick jab, and you know she had a good ground game. But she didn't move her feet all that much, and she stayed basically linear and straight with her opponents. She doesn't do any of that now. She circles out. She controls the distance well, and her, you know, putting herself in a position for someone to get the takedown is not there. It's tough to get you know in on her to get her down. Obviously, Carla has has improved as a fighter too. She's in that position where look, she was mostly a wrestler. She had good wrestling, and she would use ground and pound. She's her standup has gotten way better. She's now using her hands to set up her takedowns, which is very good, very smart, more efficient, more effective. But I'm just gonna say she's gonna have a hard time getting Rose Namajunas down, at least in my opinion, in this fight. Her footwork and the way that Rose manages that distance, controls when that engagement happens, she's gotten way better at it. And you know, she is at this point. You got to look and say, man, she's got snap on her shots. She's got a hell of a fucking left hand. Her, you know, her jab is is sharp. Her hook is beautiful. It put Yoana down twice. You know, she's got power in her right hand. Most, you know, women at 115 pounds, look, it's hard to create enough torque to hurt a full-size human being, you know, just because you don't have that that weight behind you. She can do it, and she can do it with kicks. She can do it with punches. She can do it with knees. And now her grappling defense is way better than it was before. This is going to be a, a tough fight for Carla, in my estimation. So I think it's going to be a tough fight for Carla. I agree with you. <clears throat> and when you talked about that, both of them, they are extremely different than the first time yeah. they fought. Okay. And if you guys don't see that, then you guys got to go back and watch that fight. But the one way that I think that you failed to mention with Rose is that it's the confidence. Oh, yeah. Sure, she was a confident fighter back then, but she's just a different animal mentality-wise right now. And it's shown through her last several performances. Yeah. <clears throat> Not just the ones where she's won, even the ones where she's lost. She came back after that and was like, you know what? Nah, this is, I'm going to fix this. And she's now has changed and her mentality has changed. She's a lot more confident. She believes in everything that she that she can do. Um, she believes in her power in her hands. Her footwork, I guess, 100%, I'm agreeing with you, is is key. Um, where Carla though has changed as well is that she's moving her head a little bit more as she comes in. She's throwing her strikes off of her wrestling, not just shooting raw dog. Okay. She's not just kind of walking in, trying to put the pressure. I think where she has a good chance, John, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I, I kind of see from them is that Rose, if, if Carla can make Rose use that footwork a lot more than normal and avoid the damage in doing it that she may be able to slow Rose down by the second, end of second, maybe third round. She'll probably round. start to slow her around a little bit. And if all she needs really is to start getting some takedowns, make Rose start to have to work to get back up. If she can get one or two early in the fight, say one, 
you know, in the first round, maybe two in the second round, but then the takedowns will start to come a little easier and start slowing Rose down. I think she's got a chance. She's got she's got good ground and pound. She's got good heavy pressure. A very good you know, ground she, and pound. She's not the easiest to get up out from underneath. You know, she's got good control. All of those things. This is a five round fight, and I know that Rose before she had a little bit of issues, like when she fought. Uh, Who'd she fight? I think it was I think it was Yoan of the second fight. She started to slow down in that in that fourth and fifth round a little bit. But then she fixed it though against uh she fought someone else, I think, after that. Gosh. She did the same thing when she fought when she Andrage. fought Wei Li Zhang the second time, when right? When she fought Andrade the second time. There you go. Yeah, because she lost, you know, obviously in the I think it was the third round when she got slammed. I might be wrong, it might have been second, but I think it was the third round. But when she fought Andrade the second time, she was piecing Andrade up on the feet, but she got tired in the third round, and she took some damage in that third round, mm -hmm. and that's what she has to avoid. Yeah, because if, if if Carla can get a takedown, like I said, one, maybe two in the first, two in the second, it'll start slowing Rose down a little bit. She'll start taking some damage. She'll start maybe harder for her to get up off the bottom. There's a lot of little things that really will decipher this fight, and you'll be able to tell probably by the second round on who, who where this fight is going. Yep. So... All right, now the fight that everyone has been obviously looking forward to, we're going to find out. I mean, like, is Tony Ferguson still the same same Tony Ferguson? No. But can Tony still, Tony, can Tony still fight? Hell yes, he can still Hell fight. Yes. Tony has got every chance and opportunity to win this fight. Michael Chandler, <clears throat> still a dog, still has a lot in the gas tank. I saw some lame video he put out talking about, <laughs> oh, man, I'm a dinosaur in the fight game. I think he's 34. John, can, 35, right, Dave, can you look it up? Is he's he 35. 35? I think it's 35. Uh, 36. He just oh, Okay, okay. Look, he's still right in the middle of that prime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, John. No, he he's is. not. You I'm think so? You, I don't I think so. I believe I believe 28 to 38 is that those are that, that numbers when it's all good. Now obviously 28 you're you know, you're still learning and stuff, but mm -hmm. 38 it starts to tail off, but at 35, 36, you're as good as you will ever be. Yeah. Yeah, I just um, <clears throat> how old is uh, Tony? Tony's what? 37, 38? Tony's, I think I Tony's was 38. 38. 38. Yep. Yeah, yeah, 38. Right at the tail end. <clears throat> yeah, this is that. So like for the Chandler time, I think I think I was 36 when I beat Nate, and then when I fought Tony, I was I 37. You were 30. 36, I think, when I fought Nate. I was 37 okay. when I fought Tony. Well, you lie about your age all the time. So who yeah, I do. I do lie about it all the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, it's so funny because I don't even know. I don't even think Wikipedia had it right for a while because I lied about it so much. <laughs> I always. I think it's great. I have it on all my social media too. I have it all wrong. Yeah. My birthday's 1969. I'm pretty sure yeah, Wikipedia sorry. also has like a defeat that you have like, uh, from Ariel Hawani. Oh, what? yeah. There's all. There, no, no. Here's the other thing too. <clears throat> did Ariel, I, okay, so did this, Ariel light you up? <laughs> No, Ariel doesn't. Ariel doesn't light anything up except for his schnoz. He's got the nose. What's that guy from the Humpty Dance? What's that guy from the Humpty Dance? No, um, no, I, I like Ariel. He's a nice guy. Look, you just can't let the things he say get to you. And everyone, I think it's fun. I love, I love the guy. He's a nice guy. If we were ever in the same room, I always talk to him. I always try to say at least say hi, so he doesn't think I'm being a bully. I just, I always say hi. Anyways. Moving on. Look, there were some questions too, because about my my record when we there was a video going around of my my first fight with Gerald Strebent. 
and said, how did someone not catch Josh's record was 22 and one? Cause I had a bunch of fights before that, you guys. And they were like, Oh, that was your amateur record. No, no. I was making 150 bucks, $200. I was making a lot of money. I was making a ton of money, but I was getting paid to fight. So that's technically being pro. But all those fights don't count if you don't have video record because like SureDog and, and other companies, MMA, I was at like the Underground Forum, all those places back in the day that were the new websites, they didn't count it towards your record unless you had video footage of it. So that's why those fights got wiped off. So when the UFC started making a turn towards trying to make sure that everyone's records were legit, I couldn't prove them because at that time, I obviously was a broke college kid and had nothing to film it with. You know, there was no flip phones back then or there was no phones, smartphones to just, oh, look, here it is right here. There wasn't that way. You had this big camcorder you had to go around with and a chart and oh, two yeah. charging stations. And so anyways, that Slap that, that VHS up because, in the side, close it up, go, baby. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, man, he's, you know, like he's record. How did, he, how did no one catch that? I'm like, well, that's how it happened. So, yeah, we like back in the day, we had a ton of fights prior to all this stuff. So, oh, my yep. God. Anyways, all right, well, let's get back into the fight. So Michael Chandler and, and Tony Ferguson. John, I, I think, I really believe this. Tony Ferguson's got a chance of beating him if he can stay he long. Does. If he can stay long, if he can use, and I, he's got a nasty one. He, Tony, Tony Ferguson has a nasty push kick, and I don't think Michael Chandler is long enough to reach him to his chin. So if Tony uses that up the middle all day long, Chandler being shorter, Tony being longer, the power of that push kick up the middle, whether it's the gut or the face, it's available there. Michael stands in a more of a sideways stance, but that means the face stays in one spot right there. It's perfect for him to come right up the middle. Chandler's arms are out wide normally. He has that wide hands out position. He reaches when he tries to block punches. All of those things are available. The knees up the middle because Chandler dips his head sometimes when he gets into brawls. It's all there. It's all there based off Tony being long. Now, Chandler with the wrestling. He's never been submitted. He's nasty on top. If he can do that, if he can take Tony Ferguson down and put the work on him from the top, Tony's going to have a hard time. Holding Tony down is not going to be easy. Taking Tony down will be easy, but then holding him down will not be easy. Tony's not someone that really fights the takedowns a whole lot. He no, kind of just rolls, rolls with, with them. Yeah. yeah, he rolls with it. He uh, lets he gives positions to take a position. He'll throw submissions up just to create some sort of scramble so he can get back to his feet. The one thing in terms of this is only a three-round fight, I believe, right? Yep. yep. Uh, I can't tell. Yeah, so no, it's only no, a three-round fight. If it's only a three-round fight, I've said this before, outside of the Justin Gaethje fight, it's very rare do I see Michael Chandler lose a three-round fight because he's so dominant for two rounds without gassing out. He's so dominant with the wrestling. He's so dominant with the boxing and the power. It's very rare do you see him lose a three-round fight. So that being said, I mean, like, it's a good fight, but I got to be honest, I think Chandler, as long as he fights smart, which, of course, John, what do we say about Chandler? Are you incapable? He's incapable of fighting smart. (laughs) Fight IQ, it just, like, it just doesn't even seem to cross his mind. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but it, uh, look, I'm lo- really looking forward to this fight. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how this all goes down. It's it's an intriguing fight. If you look at the variables here, look, both come from a college wrestling background. People don't realize that about Tony, but Tony was a collegiate wrestler. You know, and they were both close to the same level. I think that at this point, Chandler's the better wrestler. He's definitely the better guy as far as keeping the takedown from happening or making the takedown happen. So if it gets to the ground, 
I don't see Tony submitting Chandler, but I don't, I don't, I definitely don't see Chandler submitting Tony. That ain't going to happen. So it's a matter of if it gets to the ground, who's the person on top? And I would think it's going to end up being Chandler. How much damage can Chandler do on Tony in that position? And he can do a lot. He can do a lot, and that that will slow Tony down. But you know Tony's going to be there for the three rounds. I don't I don't see this fight ending unless someone lands a big shot, which you know could happen. I think it's going to go the three rounds, and I think it's going to end up going to the judges' you know hands. And obviously, depending upon who who does the best in the fight, that's going to be the winner. But Tony's got a shot at winning this fight, but he has to fight the right fight. And you're absolutely right that teep kick up the middle changing the levels of it bring it down to his you know right at the navel level man hit him in the solar plex there hit him to the sternum at times hit him up under the chin all keep moving it up and down make him have to adjust to it it's going to open up your hands a little bit it's going to make him not want to stay in that center line that he tends to he you know he gravitates towards it and he's a linear fighter he he, he'll do all kinds of things when he's working out as far as, you know, movement back and forth. And, you know, he's in and out. And then when he gets in the cage, linear. He's linear most of the time and stuff. And so, you know, he's a tough dude. You know, Chandler is, he's a hes a tough guy. He'll take the shots and everything. But his chin has been out there. It's susceptible. And it's more susceptible than Tony's chin, actually. Tony takes the bigger shot. Yeah. So the real question is, does Tony have the ability to hurt Chandler. In my opinion, Tony is the much better fighter in the fighting in a phone booth, being in the clinch. He's dangerous with elbows. He brings knees in. He'll do all kinds of weird things. He'll do the spinning elbow attacks and things like that. So you get into that clinch, that that, that tends to lead towards Tony Ferguson, in my opinion. It's a great matchup. I can't wait to watch it. You know, again, Look at Tony used to work out at my gym. I love Tony. He's a great guy. I hope to see him win. I'm not saying it's going to happen. <clears throat> Michael could definitely win the fight, but I don't want to see Tony going out with all these losses. It's breaking. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing to see. It's breaking my heart. Yeah, but isn't that kind of the nature of the beast, though, John? Yeah, it is. Absolutely, you know, it is. That's the thing. In, in combat sports, that's kind of the nature of the beast. That's how this all goes down. Like, no one wanted to see Muhammad Ali go out the way he did. No one wanted nope. to see, you know, there's guys that I, like Josh Koscheck. I think he lost five or six in a row before yep. he retired. Yeah. You know, I mean, outside of, like, GSP, give me, you know, BJ Penn, he lost, what, 11? Oh, my 10? God. Yeah. yeah, something like that. You know, BJ's my boy, but, he I mean, that doesn't take away all the great things that they did no. when they were in their prime. No. You know, later on in life, you know, they're not always, they're not the same fighters, you know, but I mean, he had, you know, so it's like, but I will, let me tell you, let me tell you guys a quick story about Tony Ferguson when I fought him. That push kick up the middle, because Chandler kind of does a little bit of the same thing. We he block sweeps. with just like our forearm. Yeah, He'll we sweep, sweep it by. Yeah, so he sweeps it and I was sweeping the same thing. Well, let me just tell you, by like the end of the first round, there was no more sweep. I was just taking it. <laughs> because my fucking forearm was swollen so bad that like it was like I couldn't touch anything. Like anytime we were grappling, anytime it was it swelled up so bad, and I was like I had never had that before in my life. I had blocked so many kicks. I was like ah, this is no big deal. For two weeks, I couldn't put my form like you know how you put your forearms down at the dinner table like on the edge. Yep. That wasn't happening. Okay, <laughs> Let sleeping. It yeah, sleeping. I had to sleep with it elevated because if I if I rolled over on it at all, it was painful. I thought maybe I had a fracture, but the, when I went and got an X ray, there was no fracture. 
but it was painful, man. And so it just, it swelled up. I mean, it looked like I had fucking two softballs along my forearm from my elbow to my wrist. It was just swollen. It was like a, almost like a half of a football was hanging from my forearm. It was nasty. Purple, green, all those colors. So that push kick up the middle, I think is going to be key. And then Tony with the long jab, you know, he's going to have a harder time with the jab only based on the fact that Chandler's so short. The Chandler moves his head and ducks in when he comes up. So that push kick, I think John, uh, John is going to be real key like you and I were just talking about. Yep. So I'm pu- I'm really pumped for this fight. Both of them have a lot to prove. Yep. Tony has something to prove, showing that he still belongs there. Chandler needs to pull needs to something win. out of his ass. And start. F- he needs to win, man. He needs, And that's the thing. Here's the thing. He could have won certain fights. He could have beat Charles Oliveira had he fought a little smarter. I don't know if he could have beaten. If he would have wrestled, I think, a little bit more against Justin Gaethje, I think he could have beat him. But and the thing is, when you're talking about the top guys, every fighter can beat each other on any given night. That's right. We know that. But Chandler has, like I said, he is incapable of fighting smart. So I don't even know how to talk about him anymore because I'm like, he's so talented with his wrestling. He possesses power, as we've seen several times. He's got he's good fast, footwork. He's explosive. He's fast. He's explosive. He's all these yep. things. But when the lights turn on, it's like the fucking just go the light bulb in his head just shuts off and just becomes <laughs> like tunnel vision. Anyways, all right, let's get into the next fight. Mauricio uh, Shogun Hua versus Ovid St. Prue. This is at light heavyweight. Ovid's going back down from heavyweight to the light heavyweight division. Uh, is this really come down to like loser walks? Is that where we're at? Yeah. I mean, Who knows? with, with Ovitz, uh, he's a little bit younger. I think he's 39, though, 38, 39. Whereas Shogun is 41, 42. Yeah, see, Ovitz, St. Peru, OSP is 39. And Shogun, I think, is 40. He's 40. Okay, I thought he was 41. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, Shogun's chin, just not the same. Oh, this is God. one of those fights you could potentially see it being kind of a boring fight. OSP doesn't come. He doesn't come forward a lot. He doesn't throw a lot. He's not. He's not. Not a lot of output. No, he looks Shogun the has been. He's fighting a little bit more cautiously lately. Like he just. He understands that his chin isn't what it used to be. It it could end up being a boring fight. Could be. Yeah, I I, I look at it and I have nothing but respect for both guys. And yep. I mean, if, if people go back and and look at Shogun when he was younger, look at his days in Pride. He was. Oh a monster i mean he was all over the place he was attacking people with all kinds of crazy things he had some bad things happen to him too you know he, he posted on a mark coleman takedown and you know his, his uh, elbow yeah. dislocated if you remember and he had he had yep. those situations but other than that he was just beating everybody for the most part man and uh came into the ufc he lost to forrest griffin in his first fight, he ended up being the champion, but he is never quite the same fighter that you saw mm-hmm. that, you know, was the guy in pride. And now, look, he's a shell of himself. I'm just going to, you know, I I love him. The Dan Henderson fights have taken things out of him in both of them. Anyway. And he had Dan hurt in the second. We had him hurt in the first one, too, but had him hurt in the second one badly. And then, ended up, you know, losing that one and stuff. Just looking at all the damage has added up. I don't think that Ovince has had quite the same amount of damage, and it's really the one no. reason that I lead. I, I'll I'll lean towards, you know, OSP. He's he's a good athlete. He's physically very strong. He's still got some speed. Uh, he just doesn't attack enough. And there's the output from OSP has really 
tailed off, and that's the difference in his fights. You know, when you're not putting those shots on your opponent, they're putting ones on you, and that's what we're seeing. He's yeah. waiting for the counters, and then the, he's waiting past the counters. It doesn't happen. So I agree with you. It it could end up being – look, it could end up being, a you know, a knockout by one of them, or it could be a really kind of slow and boring fight. But, I don't, you know, it gets to this point in someone's career – I always, I never want to see him get hurt, and I don't want to see Shogun get hurt. I don't want to see OSP get hurt. It's the, it's the nature of the beast, though, man. Eventually, your yeah. time comes, and both of them are right at the end of that that line. Yeah, l- let me go back to when you started the conversation. Was about him and Pride. He like probably, I would say, he was my favorite fighter back then. Yeah. He was one of the guys that just. I used to watch him chase people around, just stomping after their heads. Do you remember his fight against Rampage? He hit Um, Rampage with a fucking knee to the body, broke Rampage's ribs, and just put a whooping on Quinn. I mean, no one had done that to Quinn. Yeah. And it was nasty. And I remember I was watching him going, holy shit, he's doing this to Quentin Jackson. You know, some people didn't know who Quentin was at the time. Everyone knew that Quentin could take damage. Yeah. He was just getting killed in that fight, man. I felt so bad for Quentin when I was watching. But the dude was a yeah. stud. I feel like he, he was the one of the first fighters. Maybe it was his brother, but I think it was him that created that where they grabbed the ankles and they would split the legs and stomp oh, yeah. the head through yeah. the, the guard. Oh, yeah. And was I was sh- like, shoot, oh, shoot the box, my. trademark. Oh, it was nasty. And I was just like, this is like... This is how I always wanted to fight. Like when I first came onto the scene, I was thinking to myself, this is what I want to do. This guy was insane. Like his, him and his brother were just so fun to watch Ninja and then Shogun, the two of them. And then you had Vanderlei and you had Anderson. You had all these guys. There's just so many good guys. Vochenchen was there. I mean, like there was, Vochenchen was, uh, he was. Igor Vochenchen was was awesome. Yeah. He was just a stud as well. I mean, short little. Chubby guy, but he had big. He was like the. He was like a Fedor, a small version of Fedor. Big Smaller, punches, yeah. big yeah, like a little just ball, a little roll around his belly and stuff. But, um, just an outstanding fighter at the time. And then o- OSP, I remember from Strike Force. You know, came onto the scene. Everyone was like, oh yeah, he played football. I think University University Tennessee. of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, he was at Tennessee. Super nice guy. Um. Both of them, I agree with you. O- OSP is probably a little bit faster, not yeah. by much though. But the yeah. output's going to go probably to Hua because Hua doesn't know any other way other than just to kind of come forward and fight. Um, it just really can his chin take it? I don't know. You know, um, OSP his chin's not bad. It's not great anymore, but it's not bad. It's better than Shogun's. I agree. This is one of those fights, John, where you look back and you're like, man, both of you guys were so good when you guys were younger you know but now the time is it's just come and so i i just wonder that's why i asked i started this whole conversation with does the loser walk you know and does the winner get one more in and you know and until you lose you go until you lose i mean it's funny how we think like that right why do you fight till we lose <sighs> it's it's sad because you don't want to see that you know and then but again this is the sport and it, Unless you're that guy that decides, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm done. And yeah. you, you're in that position of one of two things. You just love it. And you still want to be that guy that's walking out into that arena. Or you need the money. 
And yeah. I'm not saying that's even worse. Yeah, that's oh, it's even way worse. worse, way worse. But it's, you know, we see it all the time. Yep. Um, all right. So Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lazan. Take, you take a look at this and it's a, it's a well-matched fight. Obviously, you know, Lozon has, uh, he's slowed down too. Donald has slowed down, but Donald's offensive output in the standup is going to be a lot for Joe to deal with. And mm-hmm. on the ground, they match up well. They really do. Joe Lozon is slick, but so is Donald. Donald's ground game is good. Now, yeah. if Joe gets in the top position, I'm not sure that Donald can pull off a submission, and I'm not sure that Donald can get himself up to his feet. It's going to be tough. Joe's very good at controlling the position on the ground, moving well, keeping you uh, from being able to catch that area where you can get back to your feet. But, you know, this is a fight where I, the, the real difference I see is in the stand-up. I think that Cerrone is just a cleaner. He kicks way harder. He's got better tools in the stand-up that Joe Lozon's going to have to work past. Once it gets to the ground, it's anyone's fight. You know, top position guy is going gonna, is gonna to end up doing well. I don't see either guy catching the other in a submission. Could happen, but I don't see it. I really think it comes down to how much Joe works. Oh, John, you knocked yourself out, I think. Your audio. Yeah, just, um, there you go. How's that? There you go. Back. What the fuck is that? Good as new, man. Good yeah, as new. good as new. All right, I'm back. <laughs> I just I just look and say... The stand-up is going to be rough on Joe, and he's got to get the fight to the ground. Either way, be, be it on top or on the bottom. Yeah, so I would agree. I would agree with you as well. Um, my only concern right now with with Donald Cerrone is this fight is at lightweight, and that weight cut back down, getting the shape back down. Good point. Like losing, you know, so him being at seventy for so long, we're kind of fluctuating in that range. He went back now and forth. Back. Yeah, but not, but not permanently. Did he fight? Did he fight? Uh. His last fight at lightweight was against uh, Connor, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think that was his last fight. So Nico Price, Murano, no, Pettis was, was it? Was that lightweight? Pe- I mean, Pettis might have been at lightweight. It might have been. I don't think it was. I think the two of them fought it. At welterweight. Welterweight, yeah. It was a welterweight. Remember Pettis okay. was going up too. Remember yeah, yeah, Pettis he did. fought yeah. Stephen Thompson. They were like, yeah, why am I going to keep cutting all this weight? Um, Yeah, and so... No, his let me see. Yeah, Connor. The Nico yeah, Price Connor was, was also um, welterweight as well. Oh shit! Well, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Nico's not making lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's one of those. Go back to the yes. It's one of those cards though. It's one of those fights. Sorry, it's one of those fights where can he get the fight to the ground? Jola's on with the better wrestling, I think, but then the size is going to go to Cowboy, the height, the reach, the kicks, all those things, the power, I think, on the hands is going to also go to Cowboy. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, the only reason why I wouldn't say whoever's on top can win the grappling, only because Donald's pretty good off of his back. Yes, but he's not going to catch Joe. He's not going to catch Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but there will be some threats and some submissions there. I mean, and these, you know, they've both slowed down. So yeah, it's kind of like But they're both if there's one thing about the ground and you know this as yeah. long as you are using your brain and understanding what's occurring 
the speed can only be so much. The takedown can be the thing that the speed helps with. But once it hits the ground, it slows down. You don't have to worry about the speed so much. And it's the transitions are the thing that, you know, make up that speed. And both guys are good in their transitions. And and, I, and they're both good at understanding what's happening. I, I just don't think that... Uh, I yeah, neither one of them is older advantage. than the other. You know, neither one is too much younger than the other. You know what I no. mean? So then, like, the speed in that, that, the speed of the transitions, the strength of it all is not as relevant because if it was, like, say, Donald Cerrone fighting, like, a young, a young up-and-comer or D Joe Lozon fighting the young up-and-comer, they'd have a more difficult time um, with the speed and the transitions of the, of the, of the uh, submissions. You know, no different than that, that kid that won last week. Who's the kid that, that hit the knee bar last week? Young kid. Oh, Figueroa. It's Guida. No, oh, you, no, that Fe one was uh, no. uh, Fahea. Fahea, yeah. That yeah. kid was nasty. All right. Um, you know what? Was it Let's see. Is there another fight on here you want to talk about? I, I was wondering when we pulled up that thing on, uh, and Dave took it away. Go back to that Which list one? with uh, Donald Cerrone. His fight record? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm thinking that his fight with Justin Gaethje was his last lightweight. Was the Conor McGregor? I thought that was yeah, at 170. Was no, it was at lightweight. You sure? Oh, it was welterweight. Oh, welterweight. you were right. You Man, I thought it was at I thought it was at 55. So it's been a while. You're right about that 55. Yeah. It's been a while. But that's plenty of time for him to. You know, it's all about his diet and what he's doing. But, you know, yeah. Budweiser does not help in making 155. <laughs> it's liquid carbs, buddy. Liquid, liquid carbs. carbs. He'll be fine. That's probably He'll be fine. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, well, is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? You know, there's, we, still there's some other... other, we still have two other cards to talk about. <laughs> well, we do. Randy Brown is going to be fun to watch. I really enjoy him. He's That dude is tall. You talk about your tall, long, and lanky. He yep. is a problem. And I actually but chaos I, Williams chaos got some power, man. Danny Roberts against Trinaldo. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. That's going to be Trinaldo. I'm not sure that Trinaldo, man, he's, he's a stud and he's getting older, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, I don't know if he can handle Danny Roberts throughout that whole thing, but you know, the speed of him, but he seems to do it every time. So that'll be an interesting fight at welterweight. This clip that we're about to play for you guys goes on our Wayne and Extras channel. It's from our Wayne and Interjection show. We go five rounds with each other where I beat up John, and John sometimes tries to beat me up. But it's a fun little show that we do. It's a short clip. So go to our Wayne and Extras channel with the, the link down below. Click that, and that'll take you there. Hit the like and subscribe button. Thanks for watching. We have UFC 274 coming out this weekend, and two guys on that card are Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje. So we're going to play a little <laughs> facing off right now but they're not Big fighting John. each other they are not but they will talk to each other at the press conference i'm sure and oh, so we okay. are gonna uh, we're gonna enact that press conference a little right now with big john being michael chandler and uh josh thompson being justin gaethje are you and sure so, you don't want josh thompson to be michael chandler <laughs> I, I think i'm sure i think i'm sure i think okay. i want you guys to go okay. at each other and not josh to go at himself okay. uh, <laughs> so josh one big rule here. Don't do move your head, Josh. Don't be swinging don't that big my... head around, okay? okay <laughs> don't okay, be swinging okay. that big head around. Uh, and uh, we're going to take us away. So <laughs> I'm going to pose a media question to you guys. Big John is Chandler. Josh is Justin. All right. What advice, Michael Chandler, do you have for Justin Gaethje going into his fight against Charles Oliveira? 
Oh, that's real simple. If I, you know, my advice to Justin Gaethje is don't get hit with a left hook. Keep your hands up. Look, you can do well with this guy in the stand-up. I went against you. You are a stud when it comes to your power. You got those kicks, but you need to control the range here. Keep your hands up. That beautiful uppercut to the left hook will be there for you when you see it, but don't get in that position where all of a sudden you do what I do, and that's put my hands down and get hit by the left hook because the guy still can start you. He's got power in his hands. Be careful of the left hook. Why would I take any advice from a loser? A guy that I smacked around for three oh, rounds, man, bitch you slapped you, pushed you around, now. stuffed your bitch takedowns. Slapped. I beat I the shit hurt. out of you. I Why you would I take hurt. any advice from you? All I've ever heard about is how you got power and you got this. Guess what? You have no fight IQ, and you've proved it. You're the dumbest <laughs> fucking fighter that's ever stepped foot in the cage. When it comes to intelligence, oh, now, now sure, we're getting maybe personal. you have right. skill. We're maybe have you have, maybe you have some skill. Hey, anytime you want to run it back, I'll bitch slap your ass around again. Let's go. Sign it up. Let's go, buddy. Bring that shit to me, Big Poppy. I got you. Big, big Poppy, Just next time I'm picking you up, dropping you on your head, you and showing your white shit. belt level on the ground. You, you got no wrestling. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla getting the fight with Kayla uh, getting the payday. Get Marina, God bless against her. Marina, getting yeah, that payday. Man. Collect that money, yeah. I love it, man. Come on, That's she good. is making a ton of money. Good I, for I feel her. Like I, good for her. Hey, I wonder no. if she's gonna be adopting any children soon. I could be. I could. Hey, uh, I could change my. Kayla. I could lie about my age. That's I'm it. six. I'm you four. Whatever. Whole, you tell it your whole yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, I identify as a four-year-old. We're good. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, oh man. All right. So, uh, against, how do you say her last name? Mojatina. 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 Okay. She's fought in Bellator a couple of times. I think she has two wins. She's fought at four, 35. 45? Uh, she fought at 45. 45. So, this is 55. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh my God! I think she isn't she undefeated. Is she undefeated? No, she's six and no, two. She's she's got two no, no, no. Who did she lose to? Mojatina. <laughs> who did she? Who did she lose to? Do we have we ever to, heard of him? My God, Janae Harding was one. I know. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Yeah. She she beat Amanda Bell and she beat Zamora. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, I mean. No. I don't think she, I don't. John, no. I don't think she has a chance. No, not at all. Kayla Harrison is going to grab a hold of her. Now, look, they're both judo practitioners or judokas, but let's just more, say there's more levels sambo, to the game. More sambo. For yeah, one's Marina. levels to the game. Hello, I mean, there's no comparison to the level of yeah. what Kayla's done and what Marina's done. This is not a good uh, matchup because on the feet. Kayla's the better fighter. I'm just being honest. We, I'm not disagree with you. I'm just saying. No, you're that's, yeah, but that's uh Kayla's the better fighter, and on the ground, Kayla's the better fighter. Now it's not that if she, you know, makes a uh, mistake, she can't get caught. But I don't see her making any anywhere close to the mistake. She's just, you know, this is not a challenging fight for her. It's yeah, not a challenging fight. And this comes, it goes back to, there's one person in the PFL right now that can challenge Kayla Harrison. That's Julia Budd. Now, Julia's got the physical abilities to stay with Kayla. 
everything up is up here for Julia. Her belief. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about confidence yeah. all the time, and Julia is that one person who's like, man, if I could bestow confidence in someone, I would try to bestow it upon her because look, she can really fight when she lets it go, but she holds mm -hmm. back all the time because yeah. she's worried about losing and things. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, I look, I look at Julia Budd. I, I've said this since the moment we joined with Bellator and she was the champ there. I said, when I when, when her and the Chris Bi Cyborg fight was put together, I said, Julia Budd is technically the better striker. But when you watch that fight, you would never have thought no, that. No, never know it. She no. didn't believe in it. She didn't believe in throwing it. She just wasn't there. Was She was not the same fighter that we all thought, like we all know she could be. Yeah. It's just a matter of she needs to let it go. She needs to believe in herself. She needs to believe that all oh, that, I can take that shot. She can take a shot. I don't know what the feeling is with her and why, but I think Julia Bug gives her, gives Kayla Harrison a good go. Can she stay on her feet? That's going to be the question. That is the question. And when she hits the ground, can she survive there to drag it into deeper waters? Because Julia Bug will still the be there. And, yeah, she's good. She's good on the but, ground. But is she good enough to survive for four and five rounds? That's where well, you're at. Yeah, that's true. So, but, all right, Ray Cooper. Going against oh, Carlos Leal. Oh, you so you're just going to go favorite, right, right away favorite. with Ray Brada Ray Brada Cooper to third. Ray Brada Cooper. Yeah, he's a stud. This that guy's I, got bombs in his hand. He just reminds me of. He reminds me of Robbie Lawler. He really does. Yeah, always has. He does. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of his dad too, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, now he's <laughs> he's got a better ground game than his dad. Yeah, he's got better wrestling. He's got better wrestling. <laughs> yes, got better ground game. Yeah. He's a good yeah. wrestler, man. I I was surprised on how good of a wrestler he is. He's got good takedowns. He's explosive. Yeah. He looks explosive. He's possessed the power in his hands. Um, I, I don't I don't there's not a lot of guys that are gonna beat him in the PFL. You know, let's start doing some new signings. The only guy is the Russian guy that he fought in the finals last year, and he was losing that fight up until that moment where he knocked him out. Yeah. You know, so that was a, a but the two of them seem to go back and forth. So, you know, um and look, if you guys want to just sign me up for that fight and just we can just go right to the finals and I'll watch that two or three times a year, I'm down with that. <laughs> so, um, you know, the fight that I've kind of been looking forward to, though, is this Miles Price and Anthony Pettis fight because Miles Price is a good fighter. Yeah, he is. He's fought in the he, UFC. He's fought in Bellator. He's fought a bunch. Right. Of, he's a good fighter. He is. You know, he's not a bad fight. He's, he's good on the ground. I've trained with him. He trained at AKA for a while. His stand up, he doesn't have a lot of power, but he's got good stand up. He's not, he's got a good little uh, butterfly kind of like bottom game. You know, he's good on the, he's long. He's pretty tall yep. for the for the weight. He's a long and lanky fighter. I don't know if he possesses enough tools though to uh, to get past Anthony in terms of on the feet, on the ground. I think he's got a good chance with Anthony. He's got to stay out of Anthony's guard. Anthony's guard is pretty good. His armbar yeah. triangle game is. Is phenomenal. I've grappled with Anthony. I've, I remember training with him a long time ago. It doesn't look like much has changed. In but terms once of you pass that guard back, into half guard, everything stops. He, it's a different. He's a different fighter. He's yeah. a different ground a grappler. Once yeah. you get past into that half guard or into side control or north south, whatever it is, you know, or even if you're fighting him from you know, you know from an open guard position where your hands are on the shins and controlling that position, he's a different fighter. His grappling is not the same. Yeah. So Miles has got a, he's got his work cut out for him in terms of on the feet. And I think even in the wrestling, I don't think he has the wrestling to take Anthony down. So he's going to have to find a way to catch a kick. He's going to have to find a way to, you know, get in on a body lock for a lift, something like that, to get to the takedown. So, but that that makes, that to me, this makes for a fun fight. I agree with you. You know, Miles Price, he's that guy that he's not, he's not exciting anywhere, though. I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, he's solid. Yeah. 
You know, he beat Peter Queeley in Bellator. That was a good win for him, but it was that he just held position. He controlled things. Wherever the fight was, he was into the more of the controlling than, than into the damage, and he can't be into that position with Pettis. He's got to damage Pettis. He's got to slow Pettis down. Pettis is a tough guy. You know, he doesn't quit. He's, you know, he'll take shots, but you've got to, you've got to make him respect you. You've got to make him respect you because if he doesn't respect what is coming his way, he's going to start to walk through you with all kinds of stuff. So it's a tough fight for Price. I, I'm being honest. I, not that he can't win it. It's just that it's a tough fight for him. What 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 was all the drama with him? Remember when he fought Peter Cooley? I think they fought in, in Ireland. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. And then what was the drama with him? He, didn't he train at SPG or something like that? Or Yeah, well, he went Miles Price – was it AKA like you said? And who yeah. was Miles? Who was Miles Price helping for his fight with Connor? Khabib. Oh, Khabib. And that was where the whole thing started. Ah. He's like, you're a fucking traitor. Ah. <laughs> so, interesting. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. All right. You're Brett Cooper versus Roy McDonald. Oh man, I tell you what, I love Brett Cooper. He's a tough dude, going up in weight, down in weight. I uh, just being honest, I just don't see a way for Brett Cooper winning this fight. <laughs> Look at mm. Rory, even Rory, uh, Rory 2.0 is not the Rory of the past as far as uh, Rory doesn't want to get into the uh, the gunfight. He wants to, you know, be technical and stuff, and that's smart of him. He's taken too much as far as it getting into those battles. Brett Cooper is a dog. I love the guy. Tough everywhere. Just not as fast as Rory. On the ground, Rory's better. He's just, you know, Brett's probably, if you're going to say wrestling, probably the better wrestler, but he's going to have a hard time using his wrestling to get Rory down. And in the stand-up, he's just going to get pieced up. Rory's a much more technical fighter as far as the stand-up. I don't see how Brett gets a win here. I'm just being honest, and I love Brett. Yeah, Rory is just one of those, he's very technically sound. Yep. He's been fighting a little bit smarter, not in terms of not getting into dog fights, you know. Um, but he's just he like I agree with you. He's more of the technical technical fighter. Um, the Jenna Fabian and the Julia Bud. Since we uh, yeah, you go right to yeah. That. I mean, it's well, I mean, I don't edit. I don't know much about Joao Zeferino. I don't know much about him. So if you want to touch on that one, Joao Zeffer Zeferino is good. He's just not good enough to beat Magomed Karamov. Magomed Karamov's a stud. You know, yeah, yep. he lo he lost to Ray Bradakupa in the championship. Uh, like, you know, how many losses? How many losses does he have? That was S nine. And no, that's No, Mario Man's got six. Six. Okay, so that was his sixth loss. But that dude's good. And he is good. When it comes to being on the ground, he's really good. His wrestling is outstanding. He get, he just got hit by a shot. You know, and he chooses to stand though, John. He doesn't utilize he does, his wrestling enough. But he's a he's a better stand up fighter than Zeferino. Yeah. So he'll be able to walk Zeferino around. I I believe he will. But let's go to Julia Budd versus Jenna Fabian. What do you think? It's not even close. I, I honestly think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a close match. Really? I think, yeah. I don't. I, I do think not. it's gonna be a close match. I think on the feet they're gonna get after each other. Look, it all comes down to Julia Budd. Does she believe? Does she believe she, at one fifty five? Because that's what she's fighting at. Yeah, at one fifty five, which doesn't hurt her at all. It, Physically, it, she's I don't a think stud. It, 
I agree. But then Jenna Fabia is, is, is a big girl. She's mm-hmm. tall. She's long. She's all of those things that I talk about you need for an MMA fighter. She lacks on the ground. Will That's Julia let take her down? With Okay, hold on. Julia, can she can match her in the stand-up. I think that's the yes. way for Jenna Fabian to win. Yes. But on the ground, it ain't fucking close. It ain't close. It ain't close. But will Julia take her down? If she's got any kind of brain at all and she's got Lance in her goddamn corner telling her, take her down, yes, yeah. she'll take her down. She's going to work right, towards well, the clinch. And once she works towards the clinch, Jenna Fabian's going to be defending the whole time. Her offense is going to stop. And she's going to be working towards trying to keep herself on her feet. And eventually it's not going to happen. Julia's going to get her down. And Julia's going to beat her up on the ground. All right. Well, there you go. You answered it for us. (laughs) If she takes her down, I was talking like it will be close if it's on the feet. On the feet. I agree with you. Actually, I mean, Julia's good on the feet. But I like the aggression and what I see out of Jenna Fabian as far as her stand-up. She's more aggressive Mm -hmm. than Julia. And so if... Julia was crazy enough to say, I'm going to make this a stand-up fight. Jenna Fabian's got a good chance of winning it. Yeah. I like to see that. I like to see yeah. them both just stand and bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to the Bellator uh, talk uh, as well. All right. So Bellator is in France this weekend. We will be there in Paris. Uh, Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo, which is a run. It's basically a, it's a run a it redo. back. It's, it's a, a run, run it back, back redo. Um, this is This is what escalated the whole fuck you John McCarthy fuck you Josh Thompson from Czech Congo <laughs> he was I extremely upset with us very upset with us we are such bad human beings it's alright though I, like it's okay um what happened in that first <laughs> fight then you tell me he got he got poked in the nose and said he got poked in the eye that's what happened in the first okay. fight John <laughs> I like Czech Congo I like him as a fighter actually as well okay I, I just I'm sorry. I'm gonna call it like it is. You got poked in the nose. You didn't get yeah. poked in the eye. And do you think maybe he got hit it? hit in the eye and thought he got poked? No, John. It was on the ground. And we I saw know that, but the but replay Bader, was Bader's the replay was shots. this. The replay was like a thumb I know, up the nose. I know I his thumb went up his nose. Yeah, which and, but yet, is but totally illegal. And Ryan Bader should be, you know, chastised for such actions. But. There was no, yeah. See, well, that, wasn't in the not eye. Good. That's not, well. It was it was his left eye that he was uh, complaining about. Yeah, too. yeah. That's so the other thing as well. It was the other, other eye. Side. Yeah. So look, I like him as a fighter. He obviously is mad at us for whatever. Come on, let's go. Hold on. You got to give him credit. Take a look at his last fight. That Caratana fight was yeah. fantastic. And man, the, he the, we talk all the time, Josh, about. Man, don't leave it in the cage, man. Don't don't have extra. This guy put everything he had into that fight. He was dead at the end of that fight. You know, as far as he got the tap with like what was there three seconds left in the round mm-hmm. against yeah. Karatanov, he couldn't get up. I mean, yeah. physically could not get up. So I'm here. We, kind of watching Brian the, Bader. The, the, the Bader His last fight, fight with yeah, yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, then he grabs yeah, the, their eye. I don't know. I was, but that's I was up the, that's up the nose. But the right hand, you're gonna see yeah. it. See that right there? You can't see yeah, where it hits. See, and that's yeah. when that's when the nose. That's up the go. nose right there. Yeah, but you can't see where the right hand hits. Yeah. See, 
And right, that's whatever. What, but still, I, he's still. I'm thinking that got he got punch. punched, but felt like he got poked because it happens if a knuckle goes in your eye socket, you feel like you got yeah. poked. You know, and so, yeah, you know, it's right. unfortunate, but I don't. I don't want to. It is I don't want to waste is. too much more time on okay. us scrutinizing him for that. Like, like, look, he he's a I'm good fighter. Sure. Even at forty, what forty four years old, he's a 46. good fighter. He's mad at us. Isn't and he forty six? K. And and, he, and I think later on he'll get over it. Yeah, he's forty. I like him. <laughs> coming up forty seven. Um, coming up on forty seven. Jeez, yeah, a few days. Yeah, the guy is. This is one of those things. Physically, John, he's remarkable. I think, yeah, I think in the, I think you're gonna see the same. It's gonna be the same result. I yes. think he's going to end up getting taken down. You know, we saw in the Caratana fight, the gas tank isn't what it needs to be to go five rounds. Ryan five, Bader five is going to wrestle. Like Ryan wrestle Bader is going him. to wrestle fuck him. Yes. He he's is going try. to just grind on him and wrestle fuck him. And when he does, Chuck's going to have a hard time, especially every takedown that Ryan Bader gets is yeah. just going to be depleting it. That power level, like in a video game, is just going to be going doop, doop. And then it gets to like the yell, the red level it where it's in danger. Faster. Yeah, it's just gonna start dropping faster with every shot, every takedown, everything. So, but he could touch Bader's chin. Look, he's got power in his hands. The guy can yeah, hit, he can. and he could touch yeah. Bader's chin, and he can he's end not the fast fight enough, real John. quick. He's not fast That's enough. For, he's forty six years old, dude. Yeah, no, I get you, man. Remarkable I get you. that he's still fighting the way he is and looking the way he is at that age. Even at forty six, he's probably still faster than me. <laughs> Even at 46 Look at his fucking body John Look I how know. genetically blessed and gifted he is I know. There's just no way You gotta yeah, hate He's probably him for faster that. For sure he can probably run a fucking better than an 8 minute mile For sure <laughs> That's it <laughs> No Yo, doubt he's running faster At 240 pounds he's running faster than an 8 minute mile For sure No yeah, fucking doubt it. Yoel Rivero versus Alex Polizzi This is a big step up for Alex Polizzi But oh. Yoel just doesn't look He doesn't look the same He slowed down obviously a lot He got out wrestled by Phil Davis Yes, Phil Davis was putting him on his He's back. He's not going to get out wrestled by Alex Polizzi. I, but I, I, I may. I'm John. I'm going to throw a wrench. I'm going to disagree a little bit. Okay. I think Alex Polizzi, if he wrestles him for the first round, if he wrestles Yoel Romero for the whole first round, Yoel is going to get tired and he'll be able to get a takedown or two, and he'll be on top, and Yoel will not be the same guy once he's on bottom. Wow, you're picking Alex Polizzi so to win much. this fight, huh? I'm picking him to win this fight. I like that. And I love you. I actually love you, Romero. I'm a big fan. I just I think that Alex Polizzi is. Gonna I will win this fight. I will say this. I do think that Alex Polizzi is the exact type of opponent you need to push Yoel Romero out of his comfort zone and make him fight, make him get into that scrap, make him use all of that. Now it could be that it does exactly what you say. It pushes him to the point where he's not physically able to continue on. And he ends up, you know, slowing down and Polizzi can get the win. But it is the style of Alex Polizzi to push that pace. And most guys don't want to push against Romero based upon the genetic freak that he is, how physically strong he is, the power that he has, the wrestling that he has to back it up. But he normally doesn't wrestle that much. He wants to keep it on the feet and he wants to control the pace. So I really look at this stylistically, the matchup, it's a great fight. This is going to be a fun one. I think that Alex is going to make Yoel have to come out of that comfort zone. I think he's going to make him have to fight at a pace that he's not real comfortable with, and I think someone's going to sleep. Alex has got to be careful. He doesn't fall into like, oh, shit, that's Yoel Romero. Yeah, yeah. 
Which he's got to be careful of not falling. Yeah, but into that. that's not it's that's not easy. You know, it's an easy thing to do. It is. You look, you look at that guy all of a sudden stand and go, "Holy shit!" I've watched him fight how many times? Holy shit! I watched him do this. Holy shit! Yeah. He, he knocked out this guy. Holy shit! You know that's you go through your Holy head. Holy shit! I kicked him and his body feels like steel. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, thank you very much. As soon as you <laughs> kick him, you go, "Oh my god, Luke Rockhold was right." <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, Whitaker said the same thing. He's like, man, oh, he's like, wow, he's made out of something different. Yeah, it's just, dude, different. every time, come on. Look, first off, I'll, I'll put it out. I love Yoel Romero. He's a phenomenal guy, just great person. But man, you, you fucking, you know, give him a hug, right? And he comes in, he squeezes, and you go, it's, there's certain guy. Dan Henderson was the same thing, made yeah, out yeah. of fucking wood. You shake just, Dan, Dan's hand, it's yeah. like just, it's, it doesn't even feel like a hand. It feels like something else. Yeah. It's just fucking made out of wood. Yeah. I'm not going to say exactly. steel, but made out of wood. That's kind of how and, Dan Henderson's hands feel. And yeah, petrified like, wood. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're afraid to pull out too fast because you're going to get slivers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's rough. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's All right. Great. Next fight uh, David Gallon versus Benjamin Brander. Oh, my God. I love David Gillon. He has come into Bellator. He's the guy that did the Rolling Thunder knockout of Ross Pearson, if you remember. Mm -hmm. He had I that big remember. win, and then he's had a couple of good wins since he beat uh, Kane Musa in his last fight. He had that huge – Kane Musa had that huge cut. over the cut. Yeah, looked like and Marvin Eastman. <laughs> he did. Very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Um, so he's – David Gillon's on – he's on a roll. Now, Benjamin, Benjamin's a good fighter, but he tends to have to control the pace of the fight, which is going to be tough with Gillon, and he wants to be the guy that is in the top position if he's on the ground, and I'm not sure that that's going to happen. He's never been under the lights in the way that he's going to be here, and I'm going to, I'm wondering how much effect, because this is his first, uh, not his first fight in Bellator, but his first big, you know, main yeah, card. Yeah, stage. Yeah, so it's going to be a tough tough one for him. Lorenz Larkin at middleweight, back up to middleweight. People keep hitting me up going, hey, where's Lorenz Larkin? When's he fighting for, you know, when's he going to be fighting like Korshkov or something like that? I'm like, he's going up to middleweight, man. He's I think he's done with the, uh, I think done he's with done the with the weight cut. cut. Yep. I don't blame him. It's rough. Kyle Stewart against Kyle Stewart. Yeah. How do you see that? Mike Shipman. Go ahead. I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know how to see it because Lorenz Larkin's going up to middleweight. Is he going to be the same fighter? Well, he was, I know he'll be. Yeah, he was at middleweight in his last fight. He fought Cavallo, who was the ex-champion. Yeah. He didn't look great. You know, he had, yeah. he had moments. But again, John, he resorted that, the takedowns to get the win. I know. Okay, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and that's he had my moments, point. My, but he got tired. Yeah. Carrying the extra weight, got tired. That's my point. And my point is, like, middleweight, he'll always be the faster fighter, I believe, because he's yeah. so damn fast. He'll be the faster fighter. But can yeah. you carry that on for the full three rounds at a pace you're going to need to when someone's trying to take you down or someone's trying to press you and push you around? He's not a big guy. He's not a tall guy. No. So for him to be pushed around at middleweight, it's pretty easy. Yeah, but so the that first means time you're I have to have more of an output. First time I watched Lorenz fight, he was a fucking heavyweight. Then he was yeah. a light heavyweight. <laughs> and he stayed at light heavyweight for a while. Until then Kimo he went to middleweight. Yep, that was exactly it. Well, then he's like, "These guys are too big." Kimo Look, the guy he's fighting in Kyle Stewart. Kyle's good everywhere. Kyle comes out of um, the MMA lab with mm -hmm. John Crouch. Rob Emerson is the striking coach. Benson, Benson Henderson always being there. 
he's a good fighter. He's a solid fighter. But he's had times that you've looked and you go, what are you doing? He just, it's like he he allows the fight to just pass him by yeah. at times. And that's what he cannot do in this because, look, Lorenz is going to be the faster guy. And he needs to really figure out a way to dissipate that speed. He's got to get into the clinch situations with Lorenz, get into a position where Lorenz can't hurt him being on the outside. Lorenz has got that beautiful oblique kick that he throws and he does it different than everyone else. You know, he throws it uh, with a lot of speed and a lot of power coming straight ahead. He, that that shot's going to be on him. It's going to be into his thigh. It's going to be into his solar plexus. He's got to be careful of that. But if he can slow Lorenz down, get into the clinch, make Lorenz's arms get heavy, Kyle Stewart has a chance of dragging this onto the ground. And once you drag it onto the ground, you have the ability to control Lorenz. I'm not saying he's going to submit him, but he has the ability to just let the rounds build up. And that's what I see he, that he needs to do. So I'm going to skip over. Look, Pedro Cavallo coming. Uh, he's coming in off of uh, a good win over Dale Weisholt. Tip my hat to him. He's got his hands full. Uh, I don't even know how to say that guy's name, Piotr. Uh, that's how you say Piotr, by the way. Not that is Piotr. P-E-T-R. It's, yeah, that's how you say Piotr. That's how you that's spell Piotr right That's how you spell Piotr. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lewis Long, good wrestler, good striker, but he's good ground game. More, more of a ground game kind of guy. He's he's good as well. Uh, but the fight that I really want to get into is the one that I like the most. Yep. Soren Bach versus Char- Charlie Leary. No! Which, which, what other fight? you want? I Come like Diada. I, oh, I love Diada. Fabakari Diada against Jordan Barton is a great fight. Great Barton fight. Good enough. Is he good enough? Who? Barton. Hell yes. You did you J- not see his fight with fucking Kieran? Yeah, I did. I think Diada, the speed, the dancing, all that stuff is going to be plenty. You think that's enough for I? I th- uh, Diada is fun to watch. You talk about a tough some bitch. Yeah. No, that kid. Is. That kid is tough as hell. I think that's a great fight. Barton, I think, actually has technically. The technical skills to beat Diada. Mm-hmm. Does he have the tenacity and the grit to be in there against Diada with Diada's picking him up? Because look at Diada for a guy that doesn't wrestle, wrestles beautifully. Yes, he does. And his takedowns are freaking awesome. And he times it so well. And he, dude, he is Matt Hughes number two as far as he likes to pick people up, walk them around the cage, and here comes the dump. And he does it time after time after time, but Barton technically is the is the slicker guy. Yeah. Doesn't mean he'll win, but I think it's a great matchup. Go yeah, ahead, you, this... you you can now talk about Soren Bach and Charlie Leary. No, I think, but I, I do. I love Diada. He's undefeated. He's kind of a higher level prospect that, that Bellator is very uh I has am. been love working with. I think the speed factor is going to be an issue. I think the way that Diada Diada fights carelessly, but he also has the conditioning to keep going at a pace that most fighters can't keep up with. True. So he will mix it up, even though, like you said, he's not a wrestler, but he wrestles. And so, and he does it in good fluidity in terms of his transitions from the wild standup to the takedown, the control a little bit, and then backs out and lets you back up. He'll mix this fight up to where Barton's going to have to be a little bit more cautious with his stand-up to make sure that he closes the distance and in having to pick and choose his shots. He can't just think it's going to be a stand-up fight because this thing will not just be a stand-up fight. Yep. So. All right, go ahead. Uh, Sorenbach. Well, Charlie the reason Larry. why I'm on the Sorenbach thing, he's going to try to wrestle fuck. 
uh, Charlie Leary. He's not going to try to wrestle fuck Charlie he's Leary. He's going to wrestle fuck him. He's going <laughs> to wrestle fuck Charlie Leary. I'm I'm high on Soren Bach only because I want to see him start getting that next level of competition. Why not him and Brent Primus? Why not him versus uh, Mamadoff? Why not yep. those fights? What I are agree. we doing? I agree. This kid's got, what is he, 14 and 1? I can't see my yeah, eyes are so damn bad. wins against guys like Patty Pimlet. He beat Patty Pimlet. He, dude, yeah, the, so he beat. He also, uh, what's the other big win he had? I can't think of it. But look he at only the has guy, one loss. The guy can the guy can wrestle, and the guy is tenacious. He, he comes in there looking like a Viking. It's awesome. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he wears, wears the first stuff. But he, uh, man, overall, I love Charlie Leary. I call him a zombie. He just keeps coming forward. He's not going to come forward because he's going to be yeah. on his back. And he's just going to be accepting damage. He better figure out a way to slow what Sorenbach does on the ground. He's got to look for the submissions. He could try to work his way back to his feet. It's just going to be wasted energy, in my opinion, because Sorenbach is just going to return him right to the mat. Yeah, He's that good with it. So Leary really needs to look for those submissions on the ground. And if the opportunity comes, try to latch onto it. But Sorenbach, there's a reason why he's only got one loss. The dude's a stud. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our um, Bellator talk as well. And we're going to move into a little, couple little stories real quick in terms of news. Podcast, Dave, what do you got for us? Yep. Let's so go, Dave. First one we'll, um, we'll touch on real quick is Dan Hooker announcing that he's going back to lightweight. And he says, put a, put a fork in it. I'm out of the conversation at featherweight. <laughs> Thank God. Smart. Thank God. Yes. I almost feel like John. He has the ability, his size and his body, and the way you see, the way I've seen him perform. You go to welterweight. Exactly, exactly. The way I've seen him perform, perform in the gym better. when he's not when he's not cutting weight. Seeing him perform in the gym against guys like Izzy and other guys that are in that gym that are that are bigger than him. He's got that level of tenacity, the aggressiveness, all those things. He's, got he's the, not afraid to go anywhere he's because got he's not the, having to worry about cutting the weight. And he's got the frame to go to 170. Yeah. He's six foot. He's, he, he honestly, he's, I think he, he's listed at six foot. He's easily six one. Yeah. He is long as far as his reach. The extra 25 pounds from the featherweight which he went to, which I said was crazy, his Nuts. speed will equate at welterweight. He'll do well with the speed. He'll actually be the faster fighter now. He's not going to give up anything in strength. He's a strong dude. That's your weight class. Go yeah. to it. Look at guys like, you know, Masvidal and guys that switched up and went and look at how happy they were and look at what they've done. You can do the same thing. Don't, you know, don't stop at lightweight. Go all the way to welterweight. Yeah. I I think the, the even the lightweight cut is kind of getting to him. Yeah, go to welterweight. You know? Yeah. You're the be only problem he could walk around at because he said I think he said he was walking around somewhere at 185, right? Yeah, he's probably doing that on purpose so he doesn't have to kill himself to get to 55. But he still kills himself. But I'm saying yeah. like if he was gonna fight at 70, he'd probably walk 200. Easily, okay, I think his body frame would easily accommodate that. Well, 170 well. is your weight class, man. 170. <laughs> yeah, is your I, weight class. I would have to agree with you. I think he'll have a longer career as well. I think his chin will be a little bit better as well at that weight class. Yeah. Um, the endurance to go the full, you know, distance. Like when he fought Dustin, right? He slowed down in the end yep. because of that weight cut problem. Look at where Dustin's at. 170. Yeah. <clears throat> now he's still at 150. <laughs> yeah, he's. 
But uh, I mean, shit, I'd love to see that fight running back at 170. Both of them being fit. I'd like Hello. to see that. Yeah. Do that. Uh, but good for him. Good for him. I'm glad he made that decision. 145 was fucking nonsense anyways. I'm, I'm glad that he decided to do it that way. Great yep. job, buddy. Good job. I'm glad you were listening to us. <laughs> All right. Anyways, next one. Um, we have uh, another UFC London fight announcement. Um, Darren Till fighting Jack Hermanson. And this is the July uh, card. Uh, all right. Um, and we'll, this will be our last. Well, I mean, like, I'm wondering if his time with Chamayev has given him some confidence in terms of stuff and takedowns. Maybe it has. Maybe. Maybe this is the ability to get back up. Maybe because Chamayev did the Hermanson wrestling match. Like, yeah, you know, you can beat him. Let's work this on this. This is what this, he likes to this. do. Here, let's work Yeah, here. buddy, buddy. Let's take this fight. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. You know, Chamayev maybe helping him with all those little <laughs> things that he believes. I mean, I, I think, obviously on the feet, there's no comparison. Um, Yeah, I think Darren Till smashes him on the feet, and I think Hermanson smashes him on the ground. So this becomes a whoever can implement their game plan. Yeah, but the and, difference is Hermanson can stay on the feet with Till for a while. I don't see Till staying on the ground with Hermanson for very yeah. long. I guess I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I don't know. Darren's... Darren, can he can get back up to his feet? I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows? The, you know, the new buddy buddy system with Chamayev may have played off. You never know. I mean, like it's the buddy who, buddy I wanna system. I want to see is, is Chamayev cornering him. Ah, well, I don't know. Till was in his corner. Yep, yep. I mean, this is a way to think about it. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Next one. All right. Well, hey, that's. I mean, I'm I'm interested in that fight. I want to see yeah. how good Darren Till looks. He's had a little bit of a time off, you know, to to work on his skills. Is that it, Dave? That's, that's all we're it. doing for news today. We're done. Yeah, that's that's it. It. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're up an hour and a half right now, so we're gonna wrap this oh, up and we're gonna sh- been talking way too. We're long. gonna film a couple more shows, and then you guys are oh. gonna get on the road. Yeah, I gotta get you. I gotta order these shirts. Gotta go to France. Gotta go to France. I know oh, my car's gonna go pick to me France. up in a couple hours. All right, guys. Well, hey, go to WayneInPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch, as Big John likes to call it, swag. swag. Okay, pick up some of that. We've got the hashtag and still shirt is available as well as Joshisms. They are all they are plentiful around this uh, podcast. If you guys haven't heard them, let me uh, remind you as we continue to go. Hindsight is 50-50. We have that shirt because you all know that hindsight is 50-50. Okay, and uh, I've never heard it being called anything else. Um, hindsight's 50-50. That's a Joshism for you. Oh, that's got a Joshism, all right. Street Fighter shirts. We've got all sorts of shirts available. Hoodies, sweaters, long sleeves, different colors, different, all different designs. So check that out. We even have a coffee mug. It says Wayne A with our newest logo. Uh, our OG logo is available on there as well. And... Um, Hey, pick it up, man, at WayneInPodcast.com. Post a picture of you guys wearing it. We want to thank you guys so much for supporting us. And, John, take us away. For everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed. Have fun watching the fights. Go out there and do something good for somebody else. Make their day special, and we will see you.